help our faith out a little bit. Sometimes we get stymied because we get afraid. And um, I think everybody in here at one point or another has dealt with fear of one size or another or some degree. And so we wanted to talk about that. You know, and um, a lot of us don't want to face fear because we, you know what procrastination is. That's putting things off. And, you know, there's a T-shirt I read the other day that said, Procrastinators Unite Tomorrow. <laughs> if you think about it, it's like, that never really works, does it? But uh, anyway... But if we're putting something off because we're just afraid, you know, oh, I want to do that. I want to join the church. I want to get more involved. Uh, you know, I have people that come up and they'll go, Brett, I don't have any friends. I, I just would like friends. Well, you know, I, you, you know what I'm going to say. If you want friends, you have to be what? You have to be friendly. You've you got to kind of do some things that are going to kind of break you out of that mold. And, and it is great to... Um, you know, sometimes to have a friend that'll come over if you're more of a, you know, I'm just kind of a loner and they come over and they, they befriend you and all that. But, you know, after a while, they don't want to do that every week. They'd kind of like that to be something that now you've established together that they're kind of helping you. And, and so, but fear when it comes to faith, they don't go together. Fear and faith don't go together. You, you operate in one or you kind of operate in the other one. They, it's, it's very tough mix there. So you can't kind of put them together and see the great results you're talking about. So I was last night, I was with uh, Pastor Gary and Drenda. They're celebrating this whole weekend, 20 years in ministry. And uh, Thursday, we went to a luncheon that they had in New Albany. And that was really cool. And I was telling, telling the first service, it was really wonderful because it was a luncheon that it was like really fancy. I mean, there's waiters and waitresses walking around with tea and lemonade and fancy glasses with wedges and, and little hors d'oeuvres and shrimp and whatever some weird stuff on some kind of a cracker thing and i didn't eat any and i'll tell you why and and i'm going to tell you because uh this is the fear i had uh years ago i uh it was interviewing for a pastorate when i was in the assemblies of god i was ordained in the assemblies of god and and this church was interested in having me come as their pastor and so they asked him and i to come and and the whole board met in the in their house and and you know i mean it's just basically it's you know, we're standing there with people we don't even know. And they are looking at everything you do. I mean, they're, you know, they're going to check out what you're wearing. They're going to check, you know. And you could say, oh, no, they aren't. Yeah, they are. You would do the same thing. You know, they're, they're going to say, hey, is this a good fit and, and all that stuff. Well, it was in early in the morning they picked us up or you know, we went there. I guess they didn't pick us up and, and for breakfast. And they had bagels and cream cheese. And I was nervous. And everybody's eating. So, you know, you know I wanted to just like, uh, no, I'm good. No, you know, I'm fine. But you know, you feel like you gotta you gotta eat something, and you you don't want them to see your nerves. You know, you don't want to be like picking up something, being like. But so I made myself a bagel and put cream cheese on it, put it up to my mouth, and I mean, you'd think you couldn't miss that. <laughs> Dropped it, and the bagel goes bing, boom, pow, 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 pow. Cream cheese. You look like somebody wanted the cream cheese gun went. And they're all looking at me. And Kim's trying to wipe cream cheese off me. And I'm, hmm. It's just, you know, it went from just one of those. And then, so we go back the next day or later that day. And the lady's house that we we're in had white carpet. Now, I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of white carpet. If you have kids, why in the world would you ever white? They didn't have any kids. So I guess maybe that's why. But so they're serving us in the living room. And they have pizza. Okay, I'm nervous. We already know the bagel incident. And she says, 
we're going to eat in here. Please just be careful not to drop any pizza on the carpet. I get a piece of pizza. I turn around. True story. Two steps on the carpet. Oh! I'm just like, oh, you know what? Kim said, well, and I don't know why, but they still hired me. So maybe I was comic relief. I don't know. But what I'm telling you is, you know, sometimes when we fear just, it kind of overtakes our nerves and those kind of things. But I was last night with Pastor Gary and Drinda, and Kenneth Copeland was there. And that was the most packed I'd ever seen the Now Center. I mean, it was packed. Maddie went with me, and we had to park. They parked us clear out on the grass. And, and uh, we, you know, we got in line. There's a line to get in, and we went. Well, I thought I went early enough, but not so much. I mean, there was people, and they, they didn't even dismiss the first service because those people didn't want to lose their seats. So you're like, ah, oh, and I think the sanctuary seat's about 700 or so. And so, you know, we're standing outside. Now, this is what I'm praying, you know. Now, I'm thinking, oh, man, I should have came earlier. And, and then fear starts coming in like, well, you know, you, you did it, you should have did this, you should have did that. And, and all different condemnation, different kind of things. You know, it, he, the enemy fights you don't matter who you are. True? And I said, Father, I'm not going to believe that. I'm going to believe you for your favor. Your favor. Gary and Drinder are our executive board. And so, Father, some people saw, hey, Pastor Brett, did you get a seat? No, I did not. Come with me. Maddie, let's go. <laughs> it was awesome. We got, we got in the sanctuary. We got, you know, I was just like, uh, if we were sitting here, uh, Kenneth Cope, not that, you know, it's not like he's Jesus, but he's sitting right there. He's just, a, you know, one of the father of, of faith. You're almost like, wow, that was really cool. It was a three-hour service, a lot longer than what I think they anticipated or I anticipated, but it was all good, and God just was doing some great things. And, and so the reason I'm saying all that to you is what was going on there, because there are headship, and because things are exploding there, things are exploding here. Things are happening here, and we're believing God for great and wonderful things because Jesus is Lord, and he is doing wonderful things. So, but it gets us to this point. We cannot be afraid to go forward. We cannot be afraid, you know, because God has he's actually given us this building. It's been a wonderful building. But there will be a time when we will outgrow this. And we have to be okay with that. Okay? I mean, but the cool thing is, you know, it, we're going to go wherever he tells us to go the next place. or It'll be a little while before we leave here. We're not leaving tomorrow. I mean, you know, but it's going to be awesome. We cannot be afraid to say, God, I'm going to trust you to do what you want us to do because we want to impact the city. We want people to know Jesus Christ is still alive. We want, we want them to know there's something better. Marion doesn't need to be known for heroin. It needs to be known that Jesus is Lord and, and he's ruling here in a, maybe a city that's turned back towards God. Maybe this would be the spot for revival and the whole world would find it. So... There's things that we all get afraid of. I mean, everybody gets afraid of fear of falling, um, fear of the dark. This is going to seem silly, but I thought it was funny. Fear of lobsters. Fear of lobsters falling on you in the dark. <laughs> okay, I'm crazy. Uh, how about this? Guys, we're afraid of these words. Some assembly required. Christmas Eve. How many guys have ever put together bicycles, wagons, or whatever? on Christmas Eve and then go, where's that tool? Where'd that screw go? Oh, no. And then, you know, or we're, we're all done. I put a grill together. 
I'm like, there's all this stuff that was left. My, my wife walks out and she goes, what's that for? I go, don't need it. She said, the directions say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems to work, okay? <laughs> some assembly required, but, you know, some of us are afraid of rejection uh, or, or afraid of people uh, and what they, you know, that we want to be accepted or what they think of us. And, and so uh, everybody faces some kind of fear. But God said 366 times in his word, that's every day of the year and leap year, fear not. Fear not. So, I mean, just think of that. I mean, he could have said, love one another, and we know that, that love casts out fear. If we would love more, we wouldn't be afraid as much. Isn't that true? And if God is, is love, it's not that God has love. That's, that's the essence of God, is love. That's who he is. And if we would end up loving the way God loves, we wouldn't really be afraid. If we would understand that he's with us, he doesn't forsake us, he's got us. Man, we, not, we might not be as afraid to do what he's called us to do. God gives Joshua a challenge in Joshua 1.9. He says, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's easier to read. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Don't, don't get scared. It's easy to read. It's easier even to tell somebody else, oh, you don't have to be afraid of that. It's not so easy for us to do. Sometimes it's harder to live out. So I want to talk about it for just a few minutes today. I'm going to give you five points, and, and we're not going to get through all of them today. We're going to get through a couple of them. We'll finish it up next week. But we're going to figure out just some ways that we can fight the enemy that tries to make us afraid. So that the faith that God put in you, you can see good results from. Kenneth Copeland said this last night, and I'm like, oh, man, he didn't, of course, I didn't tell him I'm speaking on fear. He didn't know that. He was talking about that last night. Excuse me. And this is what he said. And I I wrote it down real quick on on my phone. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. And then he said this. Satan can't do anything to you apart from fear, just as God can't do anything for you apart from faith. I'm just like, man, dude, that's stellar. Because Satan is going to remember now, he's going to try to get you in that five-sense realm. He's going to try to get you in any of those five senses. That's how he tempts you. That's how he messes with you. Fear, it's, it's, that's an emotion. He's going to mess with you. And God, you can get to where Satan cannot get because you can get to God. You can let that spirit of faith get with you, and you can understand. And God says, if you exercise that, I can cover you. He can put his wings around you. He can make the crooked way straight. Somebody say amen. Amen. Because God's ready to help you. He's ready to be there for you. He's there. Matter of fact, he's never left. It's us. You know, if we don't do anything with fears, fears can turn into phobias. They said there's over 600 phobias. Arachnophobia is the fear of spiders. Claustrophobia, tight, closed places. Uh, There's actually a fear of phobias. Phobia of phobia, I don't know. Uh, But, I mean, it's not... You know, in in a couple months, we're going to watch that Charlie Brown Christmas special. Everybody, when I was growing up, you could see it once a year. How many remember that? Didn't have it on DVD. The whole world watched that one time, you know... If you were in America, you watched Charlie Brown. And remember he went to Lucy and said, I'm afraid of this. And she said something about this is the fear of everything. And he goes, that's it. 
There are some of us that walk through life and we want to be successful. We want to see God do things, but we are so afraid. We are afraid. What if this happens? What if that happens? We want to figure this out a little bit. Turn to your neighbor, give him a high five. We'll give you five steps to beating fear. If you got your Bible, you want to look at Matthew 14, 25 through 33. Matthew 14, 25 through 33. It says, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. They cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. Peter had come down out of the boat. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you're the Son of God. Now, this really talks about fear because they're afraid. We're going to look in just a second, but I'm just going to kind of help you a little bit with this. If you go a couple verses ahead of that, Jesus made him get in the boat. They didn't just climb in. I mean, he's like, get in the boat. I'm going to tell these people to go away. Okay, we've done all we can do here. You guys get in the boat, head to the other side. I'll catch up with you. I need to spend some time. Get in the boat. Has God ever made you do anything? Now, if you're a parent, have you ever made your kids do anything? Oh, you will clean up this room. Oh, oh, you will. Oh, you, you will eat those beans. <laughs> Sometimes our kids would be, mm -mm. you can sit there and let's just see how long you can sit there. You know, that kind of stuff. We, we would do stuff. We did wonderful things with our children. We love our children. We do. We really do. When Mallory, uh, I don't know why this is a Mallory day, but when she was really little, uh, you know, I, I went to work and Kim uh, was home and Mal, this is before school and that kind of stuff. But Kim would say, Mal, it's time for breakfast. And Mal's just in her room. She's just playing. Mallory, time for breakfast. You know, and then like an hour and a half later, Kim's already put breakfast away and Mal comes out. I'm ready to eat. She'd say, breakfast is over. What? I called you an hour and a half ago. You're going to have to wait till lunch. She wouldn't feed her anything, you know, the next day. Okay. Well, now I don't mean. <laughs> Thanks for coming. No, she did feed her. I meant she didn't feed her breakfast. She missed breakfast, okay? She did make lunch. Okay, she did get lunch. What I'm saying is the next day when Kim said, Mallory, it's time for breakfast, Mal was at the table. For fear of not eating breakfast. Okay. Anyway, Jesus put his disciples in the boat. They had just went through the feeding of the 5,000. He just fed like 20,000 people with some fish and bread. And so in verse 22, I just kind of told you what he said. And then Jesus went to them walking on the water. So he put them in the boat on the fourth watch of the night. So he starts walking to them. He's, he's watched them out there struggling. They're, they're in the boat that he put them in. Sometimes God will have you do something, 
And it isn't always smooth sailing. Sometimes he's going to tell you to do something. And let me just say this. If he wanted someone else to do it, he would have. But he didn't. He wanted you. And, and it's going to pull things out of you that you didn't want to pull out of you. Stuff that you're afraid of. You're going to have to deal with. Because he wants to get that out. Because he wants to do something better with you than what you think. So he puts him out there. And now Jesus had this planned. And so he comes walking to him. Now remember... You know, even in a God thing is happening now. A God thing is happening. Jesus is coming. This is God wrapped in flesh walking towards these disciples. And in the midst of a God thing, the enemy is still at work. It's a ghost. It's a ghost. Did you hear that, John? It's a ghost. Thomas, oh, it's probably going to kill us. I mean, he's already working in their emotions. He's already messing with them. Peter is somehow, this is what he says, you know, he's work, it's working on him, but he says, hey, hey if you're who you say you are, because you're doing something I've never seen. Now remember, the enemy can only do, he gets you in the natural. Peter recognizes something supernatural. Even though they're all seeing it too, they know, hey, you can't walk on water. Can you? And he says, that's got to be god it's got to be jesus so he says tell me to come and he does when we do what god wants us to do it causes us to have a deeper relationship with him because it's going to stretch you because you're going to realize i broke past a fear barrier i broke past my limitations i broke past stuff that i just couldn't figure out some of you aren't going to figure it out until you get past it It's going to take your faith in God to go, God, you don't even have to explain everything. I grew up with this wonderful saying that my mother used to say, why can't I go? Because I, there you go. And she would never tell me why until sometimes later I found out or I asked the right question or just by trusting her or she just didn't have time. I, you know, I, I got to say, I probably didn't ask her always at the right times. Mom, why can't I? Because I said so. <sighs> but later I'd find out. She told me I shouldn't climb trees. Now, I like to climb trees. I was a kid that loved to climb trees. And she said, well, you know, if your mother ever uses your middle name, it's not good. You're in trouble. She said, Brett, I don't want you in that tree. And it was, we lived on Forest Street, and the Williams lived in a tree, but it was the greatest climbing tree in the neighborhood. You could climb clear to the top of the tree, and you could see streets away. It was awesome. Loved that tree. All the and she said, I don't want you up in that tree. So and I said, but mom, why? And she said, because I said so. Then she turned around and pointed her finger and said, Brett Allen, if I ever catch you in that tree, I'm going to give you a whipping. So I had to start weighing. Whipping? Tree. <laughs> I just love that tree. And I stayed out of the tree for a long time. And then one day... It was a beautiful day, kind of like fallish day, climb up in that tree, and I went real high. And you could see our house. Our house was, there was the Williams house, there was the Sisson's house, there was our house. You could see our house, you could see the back door, and I thought, this is good, the leaves are still on the tree, I can hide. <laughs> but I wasn't expecting my mom to come out. She came out the door and she said, Rhett, it's time for lunch. 
I didn't answer. So she says, Brett, I can't answer because I'm in the tree. And I'm trying to, I thought, I'm going to sneak down the tree. She'll never see. I missed one branch. And if you've ever seen a pinball, I mean, I hit every branch all the way down, landed right on my back on the roots that were laying out there like that. And then I realized that was her because I said so. You might fall. We got to understand there are people that know more than we do. And they say things like your parents tell you things because they want to protect you. They want to help you. God shares some things and sometimes he just wants you to trust him. He doesn't want to have to explain it right now. Just trust me. And you'll find out later. Here's our first point. You're going to need to do it afraid. You might hear that from Joyce Meyer. That's where I got it. Do it afraid. God might have you do something and you're like, Brett, I don't want to do that. I'm afraid. If it's what God's telling you to do, you're going to need to do it afraid. The next thing right with that is admit your fears. Now, listen to what I'm saying. I'm real cautious about how I say that. I don't, I'm not saying admit your fears to everyone. I don't want you to walk around and go, oh, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm a scaredy cat. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Afraid, 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 afraid. No. Admit your fears to God. Or maybe, you know, an accountability partner or your spouse or something like that. And, you know, this is what I'm afraid of. You know, and let them pray with you. Let them encourage you. That's fine. But, you know, I don't, I don't want to give life to fear. So I'm not going to give fear that platform and let more people know of the things I'm afraid of. How many got what I just said? You need to understand that because I, if there's nothing wrong with being human and there's nothing wrong with being vulnerable. But there is some things as just being wise. You have to be wise on everything that you share or everything that you say. There's nothing wrong with just saying if you're in a a setting, if it's safe, you can say, you know what? That's been one of my fears. And if everybody's sharing that, okay, I get it. No problem. But if you're going to just walk around giving voice to that, that's an issue. Because you're going to give life to that in your life, and you don't want that. So that's what I'm saying. You're going to have to do it afraid. Admit your fears. And it's pretty basic. (laughs) Admitting is kind of tough. The disciples did this in verse 26. When they saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, and they said, it's a ghost. Now listen, because I'm going to show you something. In your Bible, it says, and they cried out. It doesn't say they cried out in fear. It says they cried out for fear. I looked that over and over again, and that just jumped off the page at me. The reason I'm saying that is because there's always going to be the enemy that's going to try to mess with you. And I'm not going to call him to give him help. I'm not going to give voice to the stuff he's trying to put in my brain. You have the choice to choose what you're going to give life to. You can speak life. You can speak health. You can speak faith. But you can't speak faith and fear because they don't go together. You can speak fear. You can speak procrastination. You can speak rejection. You can speak doubt. You can speak all that. But your results are not going to be good. What are you afraid of? What are your fears? What have you told God? He already knows, but I'm just saying, sometimes just for you to go, okay, God, here's an area that I'm, I'm afraid of. I need you to work with me on. What, are, what is it that has kept you from being fully alive? One of the things that, that luncheon that Drenda said, and I just love that, and I told Kim, I said, we're going to adopt that rule. They said, well, we work hard, so we're going to play hard. I'm like, that is so cool. I work hard. I want to play hard. 
I want to do some things and just have fun. How, how many have ever just really belly laughed? I mean, just had some fun and just laughed till your sides were hurting. We're going to go to my sister's later today, and there's some of the best times I've ever had with my family around where we've laughed till our sides were just about, I mean, just really funny. And, it, and it's medicine. The Bible says, you know, laughter, that's medicine. But I'm just telling you about just having fun, letting yourself go and just having fun. Or just, you know, doing something that God has, has, you know, put and involved you in and you get pleasure out of it. You're just saying, God, that's great. Maybe, maybe I can do this. How, how many guys in the room are like me? If we're going to play a sport and we're not going to keep score, I'm good. Then I can, I can, I can goof around and I'm fine. You're going to keep score? Now we're going to have to play a little different. Because you're keeping score. So I have to win. See, that's what I'm just saying. So uh, I want to I approach life. Lord, I want to do what, everything that you call me to do. And I want to do it in such a way that brings glory to your name. I want to do it with excellence. I want to do it s- s- with so much gusto, so much fun, so much. You know, when you're passionate about something, it's not really work. I have people that said, Brett, what are you going to do when you have to preach five times in, in a weekend? I said, I'm going to preach five times. That's going to wear you out. No, it won't. I'm telling you it won't because I love what I do. I'm telling you when I'm done, I'll be pooped, but I'm going to be happy pooped. That don't sound right, does it? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. I'm just going to be good. It's okay because the kingdom's going forward. People are getting saved. People are getting healed. It's all good. So don't let anything hold you back. Don't let fear hold you back. Maybe it's just rejection. I don't want to get involved. Brett, I want to do a small group, but I don't know anybody. That's why you get in a small group. So that you learn people's names and you, you begin to relate and have fun. I'm telling you right now, there's a bunch of people next Sunday afternoon. You want to know what you want to do? How many want to do something? Some of you are going, you don't want to raise your hand yet. You don't know what I want to tell you. We're all going to the junkyard. No, that's not what we're doing. No, there's a bunch of people going to a uh, restaurant next Sunday afternoon. It's about 35 minutes from here. If you like barbecue ribs, you should hook up with... There, wave at me, Rick. There's Rick. Hook up with Rick, because his middle name is New Regal Ribs, and he'll tell you. He'll tell you how to get there, and uh, we, we, we can just overtake the place. But, I mean, it is amazing. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it should be on diners, drive-ins, and dives or something. But it's, it's really good. But anyway, it's just something to do for people to hang out. If you can go and you want to go, go. Talk to Rick real nice. He might buy No, he won't. He won't buy <laughs> He's awesome. Anyway, I'm just saying, you got to connect. You, you find out. If you just connect on Sunday, that's awesome. We're glad that you're here. But, man, what would happen if you connected through the week? What if you ran a small group or went to a small group? Don't let fear stop you. Just ask God, God, what do you want me to do? Sometimes just admitting to God, God, I am afraid of that. I don't want to be hurt. Some of you have been hurt. And so you're afraid to put yourself out there again. God wants to break that. He wants you to trust him. The second thing I want you to to, uh, do to fight fear is, I even use this word because I wanted some that maybe didn't understand. If we talk about faith, they'll be like, faith, what? We're always talking about faith take the risk number two is take the risk it's basically use your faith but take the risk because you see faith 
it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You, you can't always see what you're doing. So it, to the people that don't know what faith is, to them, that's risk. That's risky. I don't know. I don't know. That looks, should I walk on the water? What do you think? That's a good idea? I don't know. That's faith, but to somebody that doesn't know Christian talk, that's risk. What if they don't like me? What if they do? What if I didn't say this right? What if you do say it right? What if I don't, you know, behave? Well, then I can't help you. <laughs> so do, you know, just start, God, how can I do this? I've got to take the risk. I've got to face the fears. I've got to put my faith to work. See, risk-taking or faith-walking isn't just natural because it involves trust. It involves hope. It involves something past your natural. It isn't always easy. You know, when we talk about our parents growing up, my, my mom, um, we, I did flag football when I was in elementary school. And my mom would come to those games, and, and I love my mother. And so, Mom, if you hear this online or you get this, just know that I love you very much. But she would have the knack to yell when nobody else was yelling at the wrong time. And I, I played for Vernon Elementary School, which that school's no longer around anymore. And we would be, we'd do a play, and maybe the other team would have the ball. My mom never paid attention to who did what. She just, everybody would be completely quiet, and you'd hear my mom go, Go, Vernon! And we, I still remember being in the huddle. There'd be guys that are like, Dude, whose mother is that? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I love you, Mom. But she would do stuff just like she's a normal mother. Like, Brett Allen, don't you climb that tree. You expect people to tell you things that are normal. You know, we'd leave. Kim and I got married, and we, when we uh, moved, we were an hour and 45 minutes where we lived from Marion before, before we ever started this church. You know, we were seeing our parents. My mom would say stuff like, you know, bye. Well, that's common. Bye. If you're hungry, get something to eat, Okay. If you're tired, pull over. Okay. You'd expect those things. Moms and dads don't say things like, hey, take chances. Use your road rage. They don't do anything like that. They just say things that you want to hear and that, that are smart. There's wisdom in that. And I get that. Faith is going to require some things that you don't have all the answers to. It's going to require you to go, God, I'm, I'm, I'm not comfortable. Have you ever heard that saying that there's peace in the eye of the storm? Sometimes you're right. All hell can be breaking loose, but somehow in that storm, Jesus is right there and he's saying, I got this. I got this. But God, it, I, it feels like the walls are going to come in. I, I don't know. And he's just like, I got this. Trust me. It's going, you're going to have to use your faith. You're going to have to take that risk. God, everything else just came in. And Jesus is saying, not me. Not me. Matthew 14, 29 says, Come, and Peter walked on the water. Why do you tell me that? What I'm telling you is, sometimes in a storm, if you want to change, you're going to have to do something you've never done. 
I don't think Peter's ever walked on the water before then. Uh, There's no record of him doing it after then. But what I'm telling you is God might be telling you. Come on. But God, I I don't know how the footing is over there. I don't know there. You know, Kim and I know what it's like to move to a town where you don't know anybody. Don't know anybody. You don't know where the store is. Don't know where the bank is. You don't know anybody. And some people go, oh, that's exciting. Kind of. There's also another part where it just kind of molds your family too. Because you don't know anybody, but you know each other. Sometimes people be like, your kids are like best friends. Yeah, they are. Because that's how they grew up. Because they went to places they didn't know anybody but each other. Why? You're going to have times in your life where you don't know anybody. Everything you know has been shaken. But there's one thing that's not. Jesus. What are you afraid of? You might be like, Lord, I didn't put myself in this boat. Somebody else put me in here. Circumstances put me in here. I get it. But as long as he's there, you got it. You can make it. Listen, I'm going to tell you another story, and I'm going to finish this up. We we got our two points in for this morning, and then we'll be done. And again, I'm, I'm picking on Mallory, and I don't really know why, because I've, I've taught all my kids how to ride their bikes. But this one, I remember, uh, you know, when when you're little, you're riding a bike, whether you're little or whether you're big. So you just use this example, I guess. She was always concerned when we'd start the day you take off the training wheels, if you're the parent, you're like, okay, here we go. Because as a parent, you know, chances are pretty good. Something's going down <laughs> at one time or another. Something's going down. So, you know, you're kind of like, okay. So part of you is hesitant, and you're using faith just like your child's using faith. You might not recognize it, but that's what's going on. Mallory sat on that little tiny pink bike with the little tassel things. And she looks up at me and she says, Daddy, don't you let go. Okay, I won't. You just pedal. You just do what I say. Okay. So I hold the handlebar. I got the seat. She keeps looking at me. Don't you let go. Okay, I won't. We do that several times. And she's pedaling. And she's like, this is easy. I'm holding on to the handlebar and the seat. Okay, we're going to do this, and Daddy's not going to hold on the handlebar. He's going to hold on the seat. Oh, Daddy, I don't want to do that. You can do that. I'll just do it for a second. You see, and you watch. You can do it. You just keep your balance. Just balance. And I, we tried the balancing thing, and she was pretty good. And so we took my hand away. And, okay. Oh, I grab it again. Do it again. Okay. And then pretty soon I don't have it. Now it's just the seat. And I said, okay, now go this way. And we go around circles and all right. There's going to come a point where I'm going to have to let that seat go. And I'd be saying to her, I want you to stay looking ahead because I know what's coming. She's like, okay. Don't you look back at me because you know what happens if they look back at you. So don't look at me. You look ahead. Don't you? Okay, Daddy, you're there. And I'm running right beside her now. And my hand is letting go of this. 
And I'd grab it. And she'd look back. I'd grab it. No, you keep looking ahead. <laughs> so then finally, I'm running beside her, and I just let it go. And then I stop. And I say, pedal, pedal. And she pedaled four or five times and rode like that. And she rode right in the grass. And, and I'm like, oh. And I had her right in the grass because if she crashed, I wanted her to get too scuffed up. She rolled over and goes, yeah. I was like, yes. Now, here's my point. The whole time in that whole process, I never left her. I might have been a foot away, but I, my presence was in that, that whole ordeal the whole time. I was there to help her. I was there to coach her. I was there to do all that. Friends, he's not going to leave you. He's going to keep a hold of you. He's going to hold on to you tight. And there's going to be a time when he's going to say, trust me. We got this. Some of you right now, everything you knew before has changed. But I got to tell you this. I, I need to tell you because I feel the Lord tell me you have better days ahead of you. What you think is so dark now. God is going to break through. You hang on to that. And you don't have to be afraid of life anymore. The enemy wants you to live life afraid. He wants you to live life under the thumb, so to speak. But not you. God's got you in the right place at the right time. I want to encourage you this morning that if you just exercise your faith, reject your fear, do it afraid. Admit it to God. God, I'm afraid of this. What if I get hurt again? What if I, I try to make a friend and they don't like me? Hey, there's more friends out there. That's their problem. Come on. You know, uh, and then if I just take the risk, if I just use my faith, then things will start happening. It's when we do that that the enemy can't hold on to you. He can't keep you down. He can't keep you depressed and oppressed because you're not made for that. You're made to break out. You're made to transform. You're made to tell yourself, you know what? I know where I used to be, but thank God I'm not where I am there. I'm where I'm going. That's what he's worried about. Emmy's worried about where you're heading. Better days are ahead of you, my friends. God is about to do something. You need to face some of those things you've been afraid of and start loving your life again. Start loving your life again and start just saying, God, this is going to be a good. It's going to be good. It's going to work out. And you might like, I, I don't like how it's happened. I don't, probably don't like how it's happened either. There's a lot of things I'm not liking how it's happened or choices I've made or, you know, I, I can't do anything. My, you can't go back. You can't. All I can do is move forward. All I can do is put that blood of Jesus over that and say, God. Today's a new day. His mercies are new every morning. Help me, somebody. The blood works or it doesn't. Come on. Either his blood washes away sin or it doesn't. But last time I checked, it washes everything that you've ever done wrong or ever would do wrong. It cleans you. And he's going to take care of it. Now we've got to walk in love and forgiveness and faith. We don't, we don't want to walk in fear. Now, there's a fear of the Lord. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just enemy fear.
condemnation. If you bow your heads and close your eyes, please.